Hello, this is episode 43 of Tegan Goes Vegan. I'm your host, Tegan Karuna. This week, I spoke with Kwame White, who is the writer at MissKwame76.com. She and I talked about how she has decided to become vegan for the second time, and her first attempt seven years ago, where she made it three months, and this most recent attempt that she started about six months ago, and how this time she knows it's really different. We also talk a lot about food and how a lack of creativity with cooking was one of the things that kept her from staying vegan the first time around and how that's changed and how, because there were different resources out there and and she's become more creative and more invested in the idea of being vegan, that she's really throwing herself into the cooking aspect of being vegan because that's important if... It's a major component of being vegan as being able to feed yourself well. Um, so we talk a lot about recipes and food and what's worked for her. We also talk a little bit about how being vegan is a process and you know where we both are kind of in the changing things over to make your life entirely vegan. I think a lot of us, myself included, can really focus on diet. And for me, in the beginning, that was a conscious choice. And I feel fine about that decision because I think that that was the, that was the major way that I was part of the problem. And things like cosmetics and clothing and those kinds of things are, are still in process for me as well as for Kwame. So we had a nice conversation about that. I just want to give my regular plug for the newsletter, which I'm really excited about. We're going to be looking at, among other things in the newsletter, I'm going to be highlighting the some of the recent episodes and then some older episodes that I think that you might enjoy that maybe you missed if you're new to the show. So this will give you a way to kind of see what I've pulled out from the archives, the 43 shows that I've done. Um, and just get to know some of the, the older guests and some of the conversations that I've had over the past year. And as always, you can um, give the show a rating, a review on iTunes, or follow the show on Facebook or Twitter. So with that, I would love to treat you to this really lovely conversation that I had with Kwame. So um, here she is, Miss Kwame White. <laughs> So Kwame, when did you become vegan? So I officially became vegan March of this year. Oh, you're a newbie. Look I'm a you. newbie. <laughs> Welcome. So this is my first, my second go around with becoming a oh, vegan. Oh, well then you're not that new. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it about um, seven years ago and I gave up like about um, three months into it. But this time, I, I know I'm going to stick with it. I'm mm-hmm. dedicated this time around. So what happened the first time? Did, you made it three months. That's not an insignificant amount of time. No. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's, you did put in the time and you, and you gave it a shot. So what, what happened there? Um, well, you know what? I didn't have all the resources that I have now. Like, um, I didn't know to go to Pinterest for recipes I didn't find um, um, rest, rest, good vegan cookbooks, so I feel like um, I just I'm, I lacked creativity back then. 
to really, you know, make my veggie, my vegan meals yummy. Mm-hmm. I just kind of stuck with what I knew and what was easy for me to make instead of um, finding ways to explore new meals and ideas. Yeah. And seven years ago, that's 2009. I don't even know if Pinterest existed then. I don't even I know it didn't. But that I my God, I love Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. I love um, was it um, vegan. This, where's that vegan cookbook that I like? I can't remember the name of it. Oh, the kitchen. Oh my God. The kitchen has saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love the kitchen. I love that cookbook so much and the happy herbivore. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I would be without those books. <laughs> so what, what was your, initial like the first time we'll talk about the first time around and then we'll talk about like how you came back to being vegan so like what was your motivation in the first the first time you dipped your toes into the vegan waters uh health so at the time my daughter so I have a 14 year old daughter her paternal grandfather was diagnosed with cancer and during that time I was I also discovered Netflix at that time. So I was looking through Netflix for a good documentary to watch, came across Forks Over Knives. That documentary changed my life. When I saw the link between um, milk and dairy and heart disease, I, I, my mind was blown away because I was such an avid milk drinker. I loved cheese. Like cheese was my crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a common theme. In all of my conversations, love of cheese. Love of cheese. Oh, man. But once I saw that and, you know, just seeing how the people who they um, they took off dairy, how it improved their lifestyle, how it improved their health. You know, I, I just made the decision right then and there that if just making that small adjustment in my diet could extend my life on earth, why wouldn't I make that change? And so you did. And so I did. Yeah. And so did you give up dairy first or you were just like, we're going to do dairy. We're doing eggs. We're doing meat. We're doing honey. We're doing the whole thing. We're doing the whole thing. That's the type of person I am. Either I'm all in or I'm all out. Mm. Okay. (laughs) So I just jumped all in. (laughs) And did in that, like in the first couple of weeks, like, how did you feel? I felt you know, I felt good. I felt like I, I knew I was making a good choice for myself. Um, I just had to get, I struggled with creativity, you mm-hmm. know, with meals, but I went to Whole Foods. I went to Trader Joe's. I found all the health food stores I could and just bought everything under the sun to replace everything in my kitchen. <laughs> That's part of my all in or all out mentality. <laughs> And um, that made me feel better, made me feel dedicated because I was committed to dedicating to it. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, man, why didn't I just stick with it? But it's OK. I'm sticking with it now. So I don't beat myself up for that anymore. That's that's really good to, like, let that go. Like you you did your best and it didn't work out. And now you're back and yes. and like you're seven years older and wiser. We've yes. got Pinterest yes. now. Yes, we got Pinterest. Thank you're probably, God for Pinterest. You're probably a much better cook now than you were seven years ago. I think most of us are. The more I am. <laughs> so um, you, you experienced this kind of lack of creativity that led to you going back to an omnivorous diet. Yes. 
Um, so actually, I didn't um, go back to eating meat. I just decided to become a vegetarian instead okay. of vegan. Yeah. And that was easier, you know, because you were able to find more foods because um, I worked in a financial district in New York at the time. And I was able to find more vegetarian friendly foods versus vegan friendly foods. Yeah, it's it's definitely even, you know, a few years ago, it was still I mean, it still is difficult to find vegan food in a lot of places, but it's it's getting easier. But a few years ago, even vegetarian food was pretty easy to come by. So I can understand why that would be a more convenient option. Yes, very convenient. (laughs) So then what changed for you? If it was convenient and you were, you know, and, and things were going well, like why did you decide to go back to being vegan? So I decided to go back because I started volunteering at an animal shelter. And then I started watching more um, documentaries about food. And I learned more about the food industry. Because that's also part of my all-in mentality. Like when I do something, I have to learn everything about it. (laughs) So I had to learn about the meat industry, um, how the animals are treated. I watched um, I watched some of Earthlings, and it scared the bejesus out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that in itself made me decide, like, I cannot, I can't be a part of this. I can't be a part of animal suffering. I just can't. I love. I have two cats and a dog, and I love them so much. And I would hate, I hate, absolutely hate for anyone to treat them as grossly as. Um, factory farming treats, you know, animals. That speaks to me so deeply. Um, I adopted a cat and within six months of adopting her, I was like, I can't participate in animal agriculture anymore. If anybody did to her what happens to those animals, I would just, I would be devastated. I would be, no, I totally understand. It's amazing how, you know, letting animals into your life, how it just changes and opens up your heart. Because of them, I I feed stray cats. I like to keep food in my car just in case I run into a stray cat. They just, they've opened my eyes to being more loving towards nature and to other animals. It's amazing. Did you have pets growing up? I had a cat growing up, but I have to confess, like, I didn't, I didn't really care for her well. <laughs> like, that was mostly my mom's job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when she ran away, I was devastated. But I'm like, why did you think she ran away? Because she didn't pay her attention, mom. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was looking for a better person to live with. <laughs> she was. <laughs> Oh, gosh, but I loved her. (laughs) It's interesting, though, like, because we like humans who live in urban areas are really separate from animals. Our only real exposure to them are like um, household pets and then like squirrels and pigeons, which, you know, kind of are, are like, you know, on the periphery of our lives. And and I wonder how many people when they really love a companion animal for the first, like really love them for the first time, like how many people start to get that inkling that like, Oh wait, animals are, they, they are sentient. They feel pain. They feel happiness. Like, like I wonder how many people have experienced something like what it seems like you and I have both. 
You know, I wish more people did feel that way because once I decided to become a vegetarian and people at work started to ask me about it, I brought up the example of my love for my pets. And some of them have pets and they just were like, well, you know, I couldn't see myself giving up meat. I don't really think about the pain they feel, but I don't understand how you can't think about it. Because mm-hmm. every time I would, you know, once I made the commitment, every time I looked at milk and cheese, I couldn't help but feel pain just looking at those items. And I'm not looking at an animal. I'm just looking at the items that, you know, are used that we we drink and consume. I just don't understand how people can separate those things. But I think it's it speaks to your point about um, that because we're in urban areas and we don't really see animals outside of our pets outside of squirrels and pigeons, we, it's easier for us to separate those things when I think if we were in maybe a more rural area, hopefully people in those areas, you know, can make the connection, connection a lot easier than urban, urbanites. (laughs) Yeah. I think the flip side of that is people who do live in rural areas who are the people who are raising these animals and do see animals as commodities. It's kind of, it seems like it it takes a particular moment for whatever you know whoever it is there has to be that kind of like aha moment of like oh yes. wow this is like a really bad thing that i'm part of and i can't be part yeah. of it anymore yeah yeah i agree i agree and okay. and so um you have a website where you do a lot of writing about some about vegan stuff a little bit and plenty about like non-vegan things as well um, yeah, so you wrote a little bit about your Caribbean family and telling them <laughs> that you were becoming vegan. So I was, so I wanted to hear that story, how that oh went. Oh my gosh, my parents laughed. I, it was <laughs> it was embarrassing and it kind of hurt my feelings. I'm not going to lie about that. Of course it did. Your parents <laughs> laughing at you? Of course. It hurt my feelings because it was um, Thanksgiving when I first officially came out because I knew that they would make fun of me. Um, you know, but I know that there's no malice behind it. They just like to, we like to make fun of each other, but it was Thanksgiving when I told them and my mom had her typical meal, which is salmon, macaroni and cheese stuffing, but she always makes a salad. Um, you know, we always have vegetables on our, at our table, but there was like, um, greens, but had ham in it. So it wasn't a lot at the table that I could eat. And when I told them, my parents were like looking at me like I had 12 heads. Like, <laughs> this is the same child who would sit at the dinner table and would not and wouldn't move because we wouldn't allow her to move until she ate her vegetables. And I'm like, yes, this is the same <laughs> child. <laughs> you taught me how to be a compassionate person. This is what you get. <laughs> Oh, man. But, but you know what? My parents are, are the greatest because after that, they became more accommodating with meals. So my mom would make more um, vegetable meals. You know, she would make soup and try to leave some, take my portion out before she put the meat in it. So she was really great about it. Or she is really great about it still. <laughs> Do you cook for them now? I don't because my parents live in... Um, in New York. So I, but when I was living in New York with them, I would make, I wouldn't make much because I'm not asking them to be too adventurous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So I make something simple like a, a salad or, you know, like um, a chili, a bean chili. And I made um, pasta, just stuff that I know it'll be easy for them to eat. Because if I took it too adventurous, they would, yeah, they would probably push the plate aside. <laughs> do you think they would eat tofu if you made it for them? Like if you made it really good, like deep fried it? it? Well, I think my dad would definitely try it. My mom, probably not. <laughs> okay. Look, everyone has their limits, I guess. But yeah, my dad was a vegetarian when he and my mom initially got together. So he kind of understood where I was coming from. But my mom... She's just like, no, that's not the lifestyle for me. I need my ribs. I need my salmon. <laughs> All right, mom, you can make your own choices. <laughs> and so o- over time, they became, they're like more acclimated. They're, they've accepted that, that now this is, this is how you eat. Yes. Yes. They're definitely more accepting. I mean, even my boyfriend at the time, because I actually convinced him to become vegetarian. My boyfriend at the time and father of my daughter, I convinced him to become vegetarian because his dad was the one who was diagnosed with cancer when okay. I saw the um, forks over knives. And we had we sat and we had a conversation about it. And because we both have family history of cancers and we just had to be realistic, like we want to be here for our daughter for as long as we can because we were um, about 36 when his dad passed away in his early 60s and we just made the decision that we didn't want this to be the lifestyle that we ended up with mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah being in your mid-30s and losing a parent who's in their 60s has got to be really scary yeah yeah it was incredibly scary for him and you know it was it was hard seeing him go through it. It was hard seeing his dad go through it. It was hard seeing the effect it had on the family as a whole, but definitely hard to see how it affected, you know, my ex very. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know if he has stuck with being vegetarian? He has. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, yes, he has. He has. I'm trying to convince him to become a vegan though. (laughs) (laughs) Taking him with you. I can't apply the pressure like I used to. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Is your daughter vegan? She She's not. Um, I do allow her to eat as she chooses. But when we're home, most of our, all of our meals are vegan. But at, when she's outside of the home, at a friend's house or at school, she can eat whatever she wants. Because I, we, I made the decision... Um, when I decided to become a vegan, that I wasn't going to impose that lifestyle on her because I felt like if I made her do it, she wouldn't want to do it. She'd be resistant to, resistant to the change. So it's- I told her, you can eat what you want, but when we're home, this is how we're eating. But when you're outside, you're welcome to do whatever your heart desires, with, but you have to make healthy choices. <laughs> that seems fair and within the, you know, the, the kind of understanding that teenagers are never going to want to do what they're forced to do. Yes. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, that, that seems to me, I don't have any children, but um, it seems to be a good parenting instinct to me to be like, I know if I force this on you, you're just going to rebel and you're going to become one of those bacon people who's obsessed yeah. with bacon and it's just not going to be a good situation. Yes. And that's not how I want her to be. So 
I took a step back and I, I kind of thought about, you know, sitting at the dinner table and being forced to eat vegetables. Like, do I want to mimic that? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's so. her response been? Has she been like on board with the vegan at home thing? Like what, what's, what has her thought process been? Or as far as you know, like she's a 14 year old teenager. I'm <laughs> sure you have no clue what she's actually thinking. <laughs> None, but it was so far, because um, there are times where she's just like, I want some chicken. Like I'm really tired of beans and vegetables. Like we're having vegetables again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're so excited. But... <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> but I found that helping allowing her to help me cook changed her attitude towards foods and then um, we bake a lot of vegan pastries together so that's been the gateway to her heart is vegan chocolate chip cookies vegan pancakes (laughs) vegan banana bread (laughs) that's really smart though it makes a lot of sense because those are the foods that everybody enjoys and so if you realize you can have them in their vegan version, it makes it a lot easier. Yes, yes. And sometimes I torture her by making her watch a documentary with me, but nothing too, you know, gross, like um, earthlings or anything like that, because she, I know she couldn't handle it. If I can't handle it, she can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we don't watch documentaries, and I just talk to her about, you know, animals and that we're eating their flesh, their, you know, um, foods that come from their bodies. And we just have to be aware of that. And over time, you know, I want you to think about eliminating that from your diet. I'm not forcing you to do it now. But, you know, I just want you to know where it comes from, how it's made. You have to be an informed consumer. You have to be. Yeah. I mean, you're teaching her and letting her come to her own conclusions, it sounds like. Yes. Yes. And sometimes when we're out, she makes vegetarian choices, which I, I'm secretly excited about. <laughs> but you can't ever tell her. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> which documentaries have you shown her? Um, we have, she, we watch Forks Over Knives a lot and she hates it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's honestly one of my favorites. Um, we watch Vegucated. And Cowspiracy. It was Cowspiracy that actually convinced her. Really? To, yeah. To really, really think about food and, and what she's eating. Yeah, it was Cowspiracy. Like, I don't know what, what he did in that movie, but whatever it is, I'm thankful for it. <laughs> it that's really interesting because it really speaks to, like, how everybody kind of has, like, a different angle that works for them, right? So Cowspiracy was intriguing for her, but Forks Over Knives was an Earthlings where were kind of what did it for you. Yes. It's such an interesting case study in (laughs) in how the documentaries work. (laughs) Yeah, I love Forks Over Knives. And right now I'm trying to finish um, Main Street Vegan. Like I have to... I have to finish that book. I'm trying to read as much as I can since I'm still a couple of months into, you know, being a vegan. I'm trying to consume as much information as I can. So what have you been reading in addition to Main Street Vegan? So I've read Main Street Vegan. I I haven't been reading many books, but I've been reading um, blogs. Like I follow 
or I listened to this podcast called um, Brown Vegan. Okay. Yeah. And I loved her podcast because it helped me realize that this time I didn't have to go all in, that I can just slowly work myself into being a vegan, you know, by um, swapping out certain foods. Yeah. So that has been the podcast that has been instrumental in helping me. And I love Veg News. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I get Veg News and get um, ideas from there. And there's a couple of vegan Instagrammers. I can't think of them off the top of my head that I that I follow. And um, what's oh Banana Girl? I watch her channel. (laughs) Um, And then the. I think it's the vegan couple. I can't remember um, what their YouTube channel is, but YouTube has been helpful too. It's amazing how much variety there is like in in what's available out there now. Yes. Yes. It's so, but it makes it so much easier for people now because I think once we realize that changing this, making this lifestyle change isn't hard, more people will do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what convinced me this time around. It's like, it's not that hard. You're helping the environment. You don't want this to happen to your animals because who's to say they're not going to be next, you know? Mm-hmm. So make the change. <laughs> yeah. And, and that there are so many different ways to do it, right? Like there's so many different ways to become vegan and different ways in and different things you can do, you know, yes. like you're saying, like, taking things one step at a time can be really helpful for a lot of people instead of doing the like, today I am not vegan, tomorrow I will be, that is that. (laughs) Like that works for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. And it's great that you're like finding what works for you. Yes, yes. And you know what, it's just since I've been doing it since March, I have to say it's so much easier I don't have to overthink about what I'm going to eat. You know, if I make the same thing over and over again, I'm kind of happy with it because I know what's going into my body. And that's the difference now. And, you know, even being vegetarian or being an omnivore, is I prepare my foods. I know what's going in my body. And I'm the one responsible for my health now. I'm not outsourcing it to anyone. I'm solely responsible. It's really empowering. It is. It really is. I've had that revelation last week. I'm like, hmm, we're eating chickpeas again. But you know what? It's damn good. (laughs) 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 All you need is some smoked paprika, garlic. You know, you can make chickpeas in tons of different ways. And it's amazing. (laughs) You put garlic on anything and it's you're you're on the right track. Definitely. (laughs) So what have been some of your go to meals? So I love um, chana masala. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite things to make. Um, and then I found this vegan, this chickpea stew on Pinterest. And um, most of my meals consist, consist of chickpeas. <laughs> They're a perfect bean. There's no reason to deviate. Oh, they Maybe are. a black bean here and there, but like chickpeas are great. Yeah, and I love making um, black bean and mushroom quesadillas mm-hmm. um, and chili. I love chili. I love chili because I put at least three to five beans in chilies and I'm, I'm good. 
and we make a lot of um, pasta. Um, so I buy the Gardein meatballs because love she loves those. Gardein meatballs. Oh, they're so and good. And I make them into a sub for her. So will yeah. you will you come make me a sub? <laughs> Gardein meatballs, please. It's like my one of my favorite meals. Oh, it like is. my com- you know comfort food meals. Like that's that's one of them. Yeah. And I love chickpeas does it for me. I think chickpeas and some um, basmati rice. Mm. And um, I usually fry or bake plantains. I love mm. I'm in heaven. That's I could eat that every day of the week. <laughs> I mean, it, again, just come over. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I, I get in a curry rut where I make curry constantly. Oh, but like, curry is so amazing. Like curry chickpeas. I found that on Pinterest too with some coconut milk. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's heavenly. Look, curries are good. But yes. when you start leaning on curries too much, it gets to be repetitive. You know, you, you have to mix it up. You can't eat curries like five days a week for like six weeks at a time. I can't. <laughs> shouldn't. That is true. <laughs> the problem is that I, I went to the Asian grocery store and I found these little cans of curry paste. They're kind of like smaller than a tuna fish can, mm. um, but they're like Thai. They have they're like written in Thai, and then there's like some English for the ingredients. So you can pick out the vegan ones, and they are so good. They are so spicy. Ooh, that and sounds good. It's really good. I highly recommend if you have an Asian gro- Asian grocery store near you, see if you can find it. Um, oh, I definitely will. Because it's exactly. way it's you know way better than those little jars of like spice Asian spice. You know, like the red curry paste thing that yeah. you can get in like Publix or something. Mm-hmm. Um, these are way better than those. Oh man, that highly recommend. Good. I have to find that. I'm also addicted to avocados. Mm. Oh my God. I never knew they could taste this amazing. <laughs> I was going to say you wrote um, a great blog post about breakfast. Oh, yes. What have you found to be some of your bre- like your favorite breakfast options? Um, avocado on anything. Mm-hmm. So I will eat avocado toast, avocado bagels. I love um, making vegan pancakes. Like I made an almond vegan almonds um, vanilla concoction. I kind of adapted it from a minimalist, minimalist baker um, recipe. I love um, overnight oats. Oh man, I have to say, I found that like about a year ago on Pinterest on um, this nutrition bloggers page, and I could eat that every morning. It's so simple, just, you know, putting the oats and the milk and the yogurt, leaving it in the um, refrigerator overnight. You grab it and go. I add blueberries or bananas or strawberries, whatever fruit I have, and it's delicious. But I'm such a breakfast, like, foodie. I Mm. love breakfast. But give me some pancakes. I'm into hash browns right now, so I love making kind of my own hash browns (laughs) and my own um, home fries. Oh, Yes. I do love a potato. Oh, my God. Potatoes are so good. I found a sweet potato um, home fry recipe on Pinterest. Mm. It's just been heavenly. <laughs> heavenly. <laughs> I'm, like, literally hungry right now. 
Well, it is It is a little past dinner time. Yes. <laughs> Tonight we're doing veggie burgers. We're just keeping it simple right now. So I have some Whole Foods um, chicken patties. Mm-hmm. And we're just doing that for dinner tonight with some homemade um, homemade wedges. Oh, just with some homemade wedges, like just, just with some homemade. Just, <laughs> I just whipped up some like fancy potatoes <laughs> on our easy night. Oh, potatoes are amazing. They're the world's most perfect food. They are. They are. You can they do are. anything with them. Yes. I found this um, potato recipe on Pinterest with, um, I can't, I can never remember the name of the dish, but it's the potatoes with um, some uh, rainbow shards. And I add like garlic and shallots and I like to add Indian spices to it. So like some coriander and curry, and I tend to go heavy on the curry (laughs) and turmeric. And it is amazing. It is amazing with some um, red red peppers. Ooh, oh, that sounds heaven. good. Heavenly. <laughs> yeah. So clearly cooking is a huge part of this for you. <laughs> it is. And I have this, I hated cooking before. I honestly did. And there's still days where it's not my favorite thing to do, but you know, it's, I'd rather know what's in my food. So I cook. There's you know? also like, you're kind of, in a lot of ways, forced to cook because you don't have nearly as many alternative options. That is true. That is true. Although I do live in an area where there's a Whole Foods close and there's an amazing vegan restaurant, Christopher's Kitchen, um, pretty close by. But I then have to weigh, like, is it worth spending $50 on a meal when you can get like 100 items right. from the store for $50? <laughs> Most of the time, no. Sometimes, yes. Yes. Mostly, no. Like, when I'm feeling like eating out, I just go to Chipotle because I love the sweet (laughs) And their guac. If you're Um, an avocado person. Yes. It's the best. I have to say, I hate when they tell me it's like, you know the guacamole is more, I know, just put it on. Yeah, everybody (laughs) knows Chipotle You've you've taught us that it's more and it's worth it. We get it. Yes. I love their guacamole. I always leave with guacamole and chips and my burrito. Mm. <laughs> so good. So you mentioned that um, you're, you're taking a kind of uh, an incremental approach to becoming vegan. Do you have an idea of what is going to be next for you? Whew, that's a great question. I can I can tell you a little bit about my experience if that sure, would be helpful. Please. So yeah. so for me like what what I said to myself was like I'm going to get the food stuff right. That's where most of the animal suffering that I cause is coming from and that's what I'm going to work on. And then once I felt it, it was less conscious than this, but it was kind of like once I felt like I was on I was on good footing with that, then I was like all right, I need to look at my cosmetics. And I need to, like, my shampoo, my makeup, like, all of that kind of stuff, and start transitioning over to products that were, at first it was just cruelty-free, and now I'm slowly like, all right, now I need to go for, like, the full-on vegan certification for the products that I buy. And and I'm not 100% there yet, because mm-hmm. 
it one it's a slow process because these things last a long time and two finding alternatives has proven to be a little bit more complicated than i thought it was going to be um lip balm in particular is like really hard to find for me to find one that like has a sunscreen but doesn't turn my lips white but is also vegan like it's very difficult um so like that's kind of been my my scenario and i've been vegan for two and a half years so okay. I'm, and I'm still still working toward that. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of uh, where I am too. Is next on my list is cosmetics. I started using Pacifica um, products mm-hmm. to wash um, my face. I I like it so far. I like it. Um, and I started back with the Dr. Bronner's mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, to clean my apartment and for bathing because I, once I started opening my eyes to a lot of things, I started thinking about the cleaning products and how is that affecting my health and the health of my pets. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. So I try to buy things that are, that has a few, especially to clean my apartment, as few chemicals as possible because I want them to live a long life too. Like they're not going to get rid of me. They're going to stick with me for the next 20, 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) They're stuck with me. (laughs) No, that's a really good point. And one that I surprisingly to myself, like had never thought about, but like, of course the cleaning products I use are going to affect my cat. She walks, she's a way closer to the floor than I am. Yeah. Yeah. And they love to climb up on the kitchen counter, which Mm -hmm. they know they shouldn't do. But they do (laughs) because they're cats. And they love to sit in the sink. So I just try to keep, I think I try to use as, um, as no, nothing that has like harsh ingredients in it. And I think my last thing is going to be my clothes. That's Mm -hmm. the part that's proving harder than anything so for like cosmetics, I started using cover cover effects. Okay, because, yeah, they're great. Yeah, so are they I, a fully I, vegan company? I believe so. Wow, that is what I've been led to believe with the, especially with the foundation because I use mm. the foundation, the and the um, and the concealer, and um, but the clothes, like whenever I pull out my shoes and if it's leather, I'm like, oh. I have to put it back. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. You know, shoes, I I spoke to somebody recently um, uh, specifically about leather and kind of like, how do you, how do you deal with the leather question? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for me, because like I have still some leather shoes and Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine buying new leather now, but I also can't imagine retiring some of my shoes. But then I have these like tall knee high boots that are leather that I can't bring myself to wear because it's like too much leather. It's very weird. I'm going through something right now with the shoes, (laughs) clearly. Um, But like, I, I, I totally get that. Like the like, I don't know if I can really wear this anymore. Yeah, that that's really hard. Like I had some, I had a Tory Burch bag and um, Kohan and Kate Spade. And then I looked at them and I'm like, one, why did you even buy these things? Because you're not into bags like this. (laughs) (laughs) Two, I'm like, do you know how many, how many meals you could have had instead of purchasing these bags? So I just took them to a consignment shop and I sold them. Like, I don't need this in my life. 
And if I don't have it, then I'm less tempted to use it. And now I tell, I told one of my coworkers the other day, cause I have this, um, this faux leather bag. And she asked me how much was it? I'm like, it's 30 bucks. Cause that's my limit for a handbag right now. If it's over 30 bucks, I'm not buying it. <laughs> smart. So just, smart I don't move. want it to be leather and I just need it to cost less than $30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, that's that's great because you kind of got two, like two for the price of one there because you got rid yeah. of the leather that you didn't want anymore. Yeah. And you also unloaded like these expensive status symbols that you realized didn't actually mean anything to you. Yeah. It's yeah. so self-aware. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it is. It took me, I'm like 40 years old now, so it took me 40 years to get that. <laughs> Look, some people go their whole lives. So you're ahead of most people. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I had known this in my 20s. And like, I wouldn't have purchased, made half the purchases I did. But, you know, better late than never. Now I know not to repeat the mistakes. Exactly. If I know for me, like, if I hadn't made some of the bad financial decisions that I did when I was younger, like, I wouldn't be as responsible now. That is true. Because now I know what it's like to not have money, like really, yeah. truly not have money. Yes. <laughs> and it's scary and I don't ever want to go back. No. So, no. you know, you you have to have those, the trials. Yeah. And, you know, it's, well, speaking of not having money, I'm, uh, so I'm about to be laid off at the end of the year. So I think that oh, no. everything I've gone through is kind of preparation for, you know, this time of my life that's coming up where I have to be more frugal Mm -hmm. and practical with my money. So I'm happy that I kind of learned this lesson before being laid off. (laughs) Yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, My husband was actually laid off this year as well. Um, And it it was definitely an experience. We just bought a house the year before and it was very, Mm -hmm. the whole thing was very scary, the combination. Um, What, what is your, what's your field? So I am a practice manager at a physical therapy facility here in Palm Beach County, Florida. I We are a part of a larger hospital, um, with an orthopedic hospital located in New York. So Got I've it. been managing for about eight years now. And I do that. I do my blogging. I do some social media marketing for um, some friends who own small businesses. So Thankfully, you know, I feel like with the management, I can hopefully just move into another industry seamlessly. That's my hope. Mm -hmm. Or stay in healthcare, you know. So I I like that it gives me options. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And this is actually a... um if you, this is a, a job solicitation moment in the show. So if you, yes. you know, maybe have a job that might be good for Kwame in South Florida, you know, um, she's going to give you her contact information so you can get in touch with her. Because you yes. know you want to hire a vegan. <laughs> if you're hire listening this to this, <laughs> hire this highly qualified vegan for anything that you need done. So, so how can people find you? Where can they read your writing? How can they get in touch with you to offer you a job? Like what's, how do people get you? So my blog is uh, Miss Kwame 76. It's www.missskwame, the number seven, six at, um, I'm sorry, seven, com. Miss Kwame 76.com. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Kwame, at Kwame 76, K-W-A-M-E. 
76, where I'm probably retweeting something about the election. Hopefully that doesn't get anyone annoyed. Uh, (laughs) Well, here's the thing. It's a good litmus test. If it does annoy them, then maybe you're not a good fit. (laughs) Maybe I'm not a good fit. (laughs) Um, And um, I'm also on Instagram at M-I-S-S-K-W-A-M-E 76. And um, my email address, I will put it out there, is Miss Kwame at MissKwame76.com. It's so confusing. It confuses me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. So my, I, I made an email address for Tegan Goes Vegan. And I was like, it could be Tegan at TeganGoesVegan.com. But that seems like a lot. So I went with mail at Tegan Goes Vegan. It, hopefully that helps. I don't know. It's hard. All this stuff is difficult. Online marketing is hard. Yeah, it is difficult. And when I started my blog um, in 2014, it was not that easy figuring out what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. or what I wanted to name it. So I went with Miss Kwame 76 because when people hear the name Kwame, it actually originates from Ghana. And every person I run into that's familiar with the name thinks, oh, but you're not a man. (laughs) Because it's a male name. Oh, so really? I, I would put it Miss Kwame 76 everywhere on social media so people will know that, yes, my name is Kwame and no, I'm not a man. <laughs> Just put it all out there. Just stop those questions before they start. Stop those questions before they start. <laughs> all right. Well, Kwame, thank you very much for talking with me. I thank really you. appreciate it. This has been really fun. It's been amazing for me as well. Thank you so much. I had a great time. <laughs> All right. That's that's it. That's the end. I'll cut it off right there. And thank you. Thank you. So it really was. It really was. Um the episode will come out over this coming weekend. So I'll send okay. you, I'll send you the link. Um in the meantime, can you send me a photo of yourself that yes. I can run along with it? Great. Sure. I Excellent. will. Thank you. I love talking to you. I have to admit. Yeah, we would definitely be friends. Yeah. <laughs> I read, I read your, and, and I'm a, I'm a writer editor in my day job. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was reading your stuff and I was like, this woman can write. Like there are Um, not that many people out there who write blogs that I'm like, yeah, she knows what she's doing. So I was just like, very, I was very excited to talk with you. Uh, You know, that I'm so happy to hear you say that because like now that I'm losing my job, I might just throw myself into my writing. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, I think that you're very talented. I was reading like everything on your blog because I was so (laughs) into it. Um, So yeah, write more, please. I I will. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So send me your photo and I'll send you the link to the episode when it goes up so you can share it if you'd like with various people and do all that kind of stuff. I will share it with everyone. Thank you so much. Yeah. This has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And, and we'll be in touch. I'm sure. Okay, great. All right. Have a good night. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Tegan Goes Vegan is produced by Tegan and Nathan Karuna, with music by Amanda D'Amato. To learn more about the show, you can go to TeganGoesVegan.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TeganGoesVeganPodcast, and on Twitter at TeganGoesVegan. You can also sign up for emails at TeganGoesVegan.com slash contact. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate and review on iTunes at bit.ly slash veganpodcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with more great vegan content.